Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicky, and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics and joining us to look at such a classic this week, it's a couple of classic guests, would you believe? It's classic Matt Stewart and classic Kirsty Weber. Wow. Yes, we're original, original flavoured Kirsty and Matt. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> are. Having classic Coke. Can you edit this bit out? Let's go again. <laughs> hey Kirsty, how's it going? <laughs> G'day. It's been a while since I've been here with the book chook, so feeling a little rusty. Yeah, but. this is the the first one back in a few months. I uh, I took the comedy festival off, you know, to focus on the show, and then uh, you know went on holiday, and it, just the gap sort of dragged out a bit. Well, we're back now. It's a new season, new me, new guests. How are you feeling? Great. I'm so thrilled to be here at the first one back after the gap, or the the chasm, if you yeah. will. Yeah, it started as a gap. And turned into it. But it exactly. It's it spiraled out of control. The problem is I, I gave now. myself an inch and I just kept grabbing inches, you know. It just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay, we don't want to hear about what happened on your holiday. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we're back now and um, I've got some new episodes coming out. You know, over the, over the coming months, I've, on holiday I was reading up a storm, so I'm quite a few books ahead, so. Oh, okay. It's great. Good good on you. Thank you so much. Yeah, but- you just came in here to brag about yeah. reading. Oh, yeah. Well done. Well, I'd love to have the luxury of being able to pull out a book from time to time, Dave. But I've got some stuff going on, actually, yeah. if you don't mind. Well, no, that's the best part about this show is you don't have to read anymore. I'm here for you. Oh, what a relief. <laughs> what a relief. Give relief. it up. What a relief. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry for lashing out yeah. at you. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was, I wasn't meant to be bragging. I was meant to be soothing you all. Taking, Sorry, Taking Dave. that stress away, saying, hey, I know you've had to read to yourself over the last four or five months, but don't worry, I'm back. Matt, and I Matt, and I were, yeah. <laughs> Matt and I were banging out of order and yeah. we've both taken a few seconds out to think about yeah, our so conduct. And about that. Yeah, we, we'd both like to extend an apology to you and hopefully our behaviour will improve yeah. over the course of this episode, but it might not. It might not. Okay, yeah. Great. <laughs> we should say it's a conditional apology. Um, we're sorry if... Uh, we offended you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're sorry if you took offense. Oh, yes. Okay. Even, but yes. That's, yeah. You've done this before. <laughs> I've victim blamed several times. Don't you worry. <laughs> We're sorry if you're a snowflake, Dave. Yeah. Okay. Guilty as charged. <laughs> okay. If you're, not, if you're not tough enough, then yeah. We are guests. We're sorry, little. Yeah. Little flower <laughs> petal. De- your delicate flower, we will tread more lightly. Thank moving you. Moving forward. <laughs> please stop treading on me, please. <laughs> what are we talking about, Dave? This is a book. This is a book. Is that what, we're, is yes. that what this show is? Yes, I'm going to tell it's been you about too long. I'm going to tell you about a book very, very soon, but I'm going to tell you about a book in Brisbane soon, too, Matt, because I'm coming back with this episode, and the next one will be a live one recorded in Brisbane, but the people at home, they can come along. 
Oh, that's no so way. Exciting. Yes. If those people are in Brisbane, Good yeah. Chat Comedy Club. It's, probably, it's one of the best comedy clubs in Australia, I reckon. We love it up there. It's a belter. And, uh, yes, we're doing your show on the Sunday, the 3rd of September, and my show, Who Knew It With Matt Stewart, on the Saturday. Saturday, the 2nd of September. I forgot. It's the day before. Pretty easy to remember. And then we're doing a stand-up show afterwards on each night as well. That's right. And we'll be guests on each other's pods as well as some other special oh guests. Gosh. And uh, going to have a great time. Can would you, you believe this? Would you call it a Matt Stewart and Dave Warnicky comedy bonanza yeah, weekend? Yeah, absolutely would. Comedy bonanza in Brisbane weekend. Yeah. That's, that is oh, definitely we what, we that? Should, what we should have called it. But <laughs> what the poster says uh, is uh, you say who knew it at what, 5.30 and then later that night you will come along to see the Matt Stewart comedy hour featuring Dave Warnicky. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Can you believe it? This year I made the poster. Last year was just the Matt Stewart Comedy Hour with special <laughs> guest TPC. I should wow. say, Kirsty, that Dave suggested that title. I thought it was. It's so okay. funny. Okay. It's so funny. It's like the Matt Stewart Comedy Hour. I think hour. we'll be doing equal stage time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm really wearing the uh, all the pressure of, of ticket sales. <laughs> it's all my face. That's true. I also love the idea of travelling with one mate and managing to turn that partnership, that interstate <laughs> yeah. travel partnership into 19 unique shows. <laughs> I think that's good. You got yeah. It's and like Marge on that episode of The Simpsons where she had one dress and she cut it into <laughs> oh, yeah. 17 different versions. That's Dave and I on a trip. You're like, at 2 o'clock on Saturday, it'll be Dave Warnicky interviews Matt Stewart. <laughs> yeah. And then at 3 o'clock on Sunday, Matt Stewart will interview Dave Warnicky. <laughs> and for the true diehards, 11 a.m., we're going out for a brunch. You can come along. Obviously. <laughs> Hit us up. <laughs> pay for your own meal. <laughs> pay for our meal. Yeah. If you're paying for ours, then you're definitely welcome. This is great. Yeah. I love it. Well, because we only get up there maybe once a year, so we, once, we just try and maximise our time up yeah. there. And 18 it, shows. 18, yeah, that's right. We do a year's worth of shows in one afternoon. <laughs> Tickets available on dogoonpod.com. That's right, our website, dogoonpod.com. Are you up in Brisbane coming up? Where are you going? Yeah, I'm coming up in Brisbane soon. Um, I'm I'm also going to Good Chat Comedy Club. What a place. Um, we love it up there. I love it, yeah. I'm there in October, so I'm there um, the 19th and 20th of October. Um, I'm doing a work in progress show, uh, so all my new material for my tour for next year. Uh-oh. And, uh, <laughs> and and just to confirm, 19 and 20, over those two days, how many shows will you be doing? Well, originally, <laughs> I, was doing, originally I was doing two, but having just spoken to both of you, I think I'm going to try and stack it with 13 more on each yeah, day. Exactly. So I'll be, I'll be shooting for 28 shows across the two yeah. days. I and you'd be thinking, David, Matt, surely what you've done here is you've put one show on, it's sold out, you've added a second, sold out, third, sold out. <laughs> that is absolutely not the case. <laughs> We've done four up front and uh, now <laughs> we're panicking that we've spread ourselves a bit thin. So please do hit up dogoonpod.com and click buy those tickets. That would be fantastic. Those shows are going to be so sick. Like you owe it to yourself to excited. purchase some tickets. Tickets and go, and also you've got so many opportunities across the weekend to see them. <laughs> Even if you just choose four of the shows to attend, <laughs> that'll still be great. Yeah, you don't have to go to all thirty-seven. You, you, it's, it's more—it's like a four-park superpass. You pick your favourite yeah. four, any four. Now you're putting it into terms that Queenslanders yeah, exactly. understand. <laughs> if I were up in Brisbane next weekend at the same time as you two, I think the one, the show that I'd go and see is the six a.m. on Sunday. Mm. Uh, good morning, Pilates <laughs> and comedy with Dave and Matt. I think that's the one I'd go oh, to. Yeah. Oh, bottomless mimosas. It's going to be a great morning. I will not be wearing pants. 
<laughs> That's what that means, right? Yeah. Uh, and Kirsty, you got a new podcast as well. Did you know that? Do I? Oh, my God. Oh, no. How often does it come out? <laughs> I think it's weekly at this stage. Oh, no. That Every feels like week. a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, Every regret. seven days. Yeah. We'll do what Dave does and just take a break for, you know, forever or yeah. whatever. Keep yeah. grabbing those inches or what yeah. I said before. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've released five episodes, so I think we'll probably have a two to three year sabbatical now. Yeah. Um, You're a bit tired. <laughs> I've got a new podcast with my dear friend and fellow comedian, Cal Wilson. It's called You'll Never Believe This But. And it's essentially about people's unbelievable stories. So it was inspired by the fact um, I am absolutely positive that I saw the Otway Panther, um, which is a panther that uh, allegedly roams the Otway's mountain ranges uh, in, in Victoria down here. And I'm adamant that I saw it. Cal is one of the loveliest people in the world um, and one of the most gullible people in the world, but she <laughs> she does not believe me and I've been battling her for many years about how I saw this panther and so then we started talking about unbelievable stories and um, essentially listeners can send us stories in and um, if you have a listen to the podcast and you enjoy it and you would like to send us a story, it's myunbelievablestory at gmail.com and we get guests in every few episodes. We've done five now. This week's episode had Claire Hooper on it. Um, that was a hoot. But, yeah, it's super fun. Um, yeah, we've gotten loads of listener submissions and we just have a laugh and a chat about people's stories. I love but not it. in a mean-spirited way because I'm – I am on board with you. I, I'm imagining the dynamic is that you're the Fox Mulder who believes absolutely everything. Yeah. Maybe Cal's more of a Dana Scully being like, I don't know, Mulder. There's got to be another explanation, Mulder. <laughs> but you're going, yeah, I believe it. It's almost like you've listened to the podcast, <laughs> you yeah, two. I, I know you've got 18 podcasts between you, so I know that you absolutely haven't listened to it, but it's almost like you have. It's hard to listen to one because we're always recording one. Yes. Exactly. So whenever I listen to one, it's while I'm recording. And yes. I get, it gets a bit messy, but I can do yeah. it. Should we put one of my episodes on the background now yes. while we're recording? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cheap. That's a great idea. I mean, what, why do you think I'm wearing these headphones? What do you think I'm listening to? Right now? It's not my own voice. Just turn it to, if you want to hear Kirstie's podcast, turn it over to your left speaker. <laughs> <laughs> Choose your own podcast adventure. I love it. All right. Should we talk about a story? Today I'm going to tell you about a classic short story. Does this title mean anything to you? A good man is hard to find. Oh. Heard, yeah. this, heard this phrase? I mean, this, I agree. Song, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm surrounded by two of the worst examples <laughs> right now. <laughs> two misses in this room with you right now. <laughs> and they are no good. <laughs> Is it like a Paul Young song or something? I don't or is know. that a good heart is hard to find? What? I'm looking up because I didn't come across the song. Good man is hard to find song written by African-American songwriter and late Later actor Eddie Green, first published in 1917. There you go. It is regarded as one of the classic blues standards from the Roaring Twenties. Oh, there you go. the Roaring Twenties. And I was thinking of a way lamer song, A Good Heart by Northern Irish singer Fergal Sharkey. <laughs> that is a great name. You've absolutely pursued a different line of inquiry there, Matt Stewart. But, but it was worth it for Fergal Sharkey. Fergal I'm, Sharkey. I'm changing my name. I know. That's right now on my phone, deedpoll.com.au. <laughs> Is Fergal Sharky taken? <laughs> Google. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yes, it's taken by the person who inspired <laughs> you to call yourself Fergal Sharky. It's oh, no. It must be referencing that song because the chorus does go, a good heart these days is hard to find. Right, because this, this story came out in 1953. 
So I don't know if this title itself was inspired by that Roaring Twenties song, which has obviously been out for a yeah, long time. Right. But A Good Man is Hard to Find is a 1953 Southern Gothic short story by Flannery O'Connor. Also a good name. Yeah. A great name. Is this just uh, going to be a string of good names? Is that what we're doing here? Just I think we might have picked, when I'm thinking about the names in the actual story, I don't know if we're going to get. Yeah, kind of the reverse the of me. Two, that's a, a double surname person. I'm a double first name. Oh, right. You, you so are. T- us together would create one, uh, probably two people. It, I reckon it would create two people. <laughs> <laughs> if you put me and another person together. <laughs> I think, okay. yeah. Alchemy would mean yeah. that two people would come out the other side. I think U plus Flannery equals Fergal Sharky. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that good? <laughs> that good. O'Connor was born in Georgia in the US in 1925 and she wrote two novels and 31 short stories. Her writing often reflected her Roman Catholic faith and her work often centres around the relationship between individuals and God. Sadly... She died of lupus in 1964 at the age of just 39, the same condition that her father succumbed to. And apparently, even 39, she lived a lot longer than people had expected her to. So. Yeah, wow. Yeah, but- I was reading about lupus recently because um, the actor, I think, from Only Murders in the Building has it, if I'm thinking that right. Uh, Martin Short? No. Steve Martin? Their third one. Selena Gomez? Selena Gomez. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I think. But, yeah, I think the treatments have gotten better. I don't think there's a cure still. Because I don't heard the term, but I never knew what it meant. Anyway, is this relevant? It's really relevant. I try I'm, and bring every conversation back to Selena Gomez. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm also proud of you for uh, deep diving on some things and broadening your horizons and expanding your knowledge base, Dr. Matt Stewart. Thanks so much, Kirsty, for giving <laughs> me my full title and respect that I deserve. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> So she passed in 64, but her posthumously compiled Complete Short Stories won the 1972 US National Book Award for Fiction and has been the subject of enduring praise since then been really on the map. She's regarded as a master of the short story form and is one of the foremost writers of Southern Gothic, which is stories set in the South in the US, but characterised by grotesque, macabre or fantastic incidents. Ah. Wow. I'm going to have one of those today, let me assure you. I love fantastic incidents. Yeah. I think we're, we're having one right now. <laughs> you feel it's fantastic incident? This feels like we're in a slow motion fantastic incident. <laughs> a Good Man is Hard to Find is one of our most famous stories and let's get into it now. Now, I always start with the opening couple of lines to get you into the, the scene, set the scene for Flannery O'Connor's work. And the opening line is, The grandmother didn't want to go to Florida. She wanted to visit some of her connections in East Tennessee and she was seizing at every chance to change Bailey's mind. Bailey was the son she lived with, her only boy. Okay. And we're off. Wow. We're that, off. We're just, this feels like we've started mid-conversation, you know, like when some sometimes I'll be talking to a friend and I'll be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I'll realise that I started the conversation in my head and then I just jumped straight in out loud to them midway through. It felt a bit like that. Or did yeah. I? Yeah. I just felt like I'd. She was. she was off and racing like... No, I reckon you're right. I, yeah, she's yeah. already protesting. Hey, I don't want to go to Florida. Wait, what? Who are you? Who, who are you? What? And all yeah. we know is it's, it's just the grandmother. Yeah, because you already feel like you've missed heaps. Yeah. But there's nothing more before it. This is the trick to her short story writing. She'd write full stories oh, and then okay. just chop a middle bit section out of it. Go, there you go, there's a short story. And you reckon just sort of like yeah. flick through and just put the <laughs> finger on the page and go yeah. from there. We'll start, start from there. 
the start grandmother. From, yeah, start from there. The end. <laughs> Fuck. That's, hey, name a shorter story, I dare you. I'll wait. <laughs> so in the story, we are in Atlanta, Georgia, where the grandmother tries to convince her son not to go to Florida, pointing to an article in, an, in the newspaper about a criminal who calls himself the misfit who has escaped from federal penitentiary and is apparently heading towards Florida. Grand says, you read it here, what it says he did to those people. Just you read it. I wouldn't take my children in any direction with a criminal like that, a loose in it. I couldn't answer to my conscience if I did. No direction. Oh, let's go through them. Would you take them south? Uh, as long as it's not south to Florida, yeah. All right, what about north? Perfect. Yes, I would. <laughs> Straight to Canada. <laughs> yes, please. She fell at the first hurdle there, didn't she? <laughs> I wouldn't take them in any direction. North? Sign me up. I didn't even get to nor by nor something. Nor by nor west. Nor by nor west. Her son Bailey ignores her pleas and grandma changes tact and says, but the kids, they've already been to Florida. Again, she's ignored by Bailey and also by his wife who's feeding the baby. The wife is referred to as the mother. We never learn her name, but she's described as whose face was as broad and innocent as a cabbage. <laughs> wow. Oh, that is so sweet. That is quite nice. I'm going to put that on my um, bio for my show next year. <laughs> As a cabbage. As a cabbage. I thought, yeah, I'm like, this could go anyway because yeah. it, it's really going to all hinge on the final word. Yeah. Like it was as broad as the sunshine. You know, yeah. you'd be like, wow, that seems nice. As a cabbage. As yeah. a cabbage. Yeah, less nice. Interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think cabbage is a good go-to. <laughs> no. But I wouldn't use it for someone. I think it would be quite upsetting. <laughs> cabbage. You know, Dave Warnick, he's a lovely guy. He's got that sweet <laughs> head like a cabbage. Yeah. What a lovely cabbage face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real cabbage-like qualities. <laughs> he stinks. <laughs> yeah, that is what you think of, yeah. isn't it? Like, uh-oh. Smells like cabbage. Yucky. <laughs> then their eight-year-old son, who's named John Wesley. What do you think that name? I don't like it, but. I do. Okay. Okay, 50-50 on John Wesley. Yang? We Enough. are yin and yang. That's why Dave Two got us on. Of the same yeah, coin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John Wesley. Heads or tails? Tails. Damn, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Have you forgot how that game works? <laughs> <laughs> We've got eight-year-old John Wesley says to Grandma, if you don't want to go to Florida, why don't you stay at home? Oh. Smart-ass kid. Yeah. Oh. Mm. I thought they were just bringing you info. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> Not a bad call. And, and uh, all the, the dialogue is written with the, the southern accent in there. So don't just D-O-N-T-C-H-A. Don't just stay at home. The even younger daughter, June, jumps in and says she wouldn't stay at home for a million bucks, afraid she'd miss something. She has to go everywhere we go. So these kids are immediately sassing their grandmother. Right. Mm. No one bucks. listens to her. No one listens. She can't get no respect from these kids. And the next day... When they're off to Florida, she's the first in the car with her cat named Pity Singh sitting in a basket. Can you please spell Pity Singh? P I T Y. That's the first name. Mm. Second name, capital S I N G. Pity Singh. Pity that Singh. is, I just cannot believe that someone's cat has the same name as my cat. <laughs> <laughs> what are the chances? <laughs> You're going to have to get on deedpoll.com again and change the cat's name. <laughs> Lucky I opened up an account earlier. P. 
Pity Singh. Pity Singh. It's yeah. a bit wordy, isn't it? I don't think it's a great cat name, to be honest. It doesn't roll off the tongue. You don't want the cat to go missing. Pity Singh. Pity Singh. Pity Singh. Yeah, it sounds does, like you're saying pissing. Yeah, pissing. It does, doesn't it? Pity Singh. Pity Singh. Pity Singh. <laughs> Just outside row, row. Pissing. Pissing. <laughs> pissing. <laughs> I warned you I'm pissing. In I'm a house you. where they're calling people John and June. It pity Singh. Like all of a sudden, and the mother. And grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Pity Singh pity has come yeah. from nowhere. Oh, the cat's really? got the most interesting name. Really it's did, kind yeah. of growing on me, if I'm honest. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Pity Singh. Pity Singh. <laughs> pity Singh. I'm going to call both of you Pity Singh from now on. Pity Singh. Sorry. I'm going to call Dave quick, pity, pity and you Singh. <laughs> okay. Pity well, Singh. Call me anything other than cabbage. I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so grandma's in the car. She's got Pity Singh in the basket. She's all dressed up with a hat and a dress. Her collar's all trimmed in lace. And it says, quote, in case of an accident, anyone seeing her dead on the highway would know at once she was a lady. <laughs> that's so, that's important. So she's as in like posh, yeah, or as in a woman. She wants to leave like no, oh. as in like like an upper class. Right. I'm leaving a, a well dressed corpse. I yeah. thought I thought you meant a woman as well. Oh right, no, I think it's more like so she's a you know a southern belle. I ain't no dame. I'm a lady. Yeah, is dame different from a lady in that sense? No, dame's also classy, isn't it? Damn it, I'm no broad. I'm a lady. <laughs> All right, now you're getting now it. I'm getting close to it. Now you're doing it. Grandma is sitting in the back seat in between the two older children, so June and John Wesley, who still sass her and, and the world around her. They're, John Wesley says, let's go through Georgia fast so we don't have to look at it much. Home the, of the peach? Yeah. And Grandma's like, if I were a little boy, I wouldn't talk about my native state that way. Tennessee has the mountains and Georgia has the hills. I'm trying to really big it up a bit. John Wesley says, Tennessee is just a hillbilly dumping ground. And Georgia is a lousy state too. And then June, the younger daughter, says, you said it. So they're really bagging oh, out. But, yeah, they're working together as a team, which is nice. Yeah, that is That's nice. Brought, brought unity. Yeah. That's right. A common enemy. A grandma. It does yes. feel like like if you're trying to talk something up going, what do you mean? Georgia's great. Tennessee's got the mountains. Georgia's got small mountains. <laughs> <laughs> why did you go Why'd you go Tennessee in the mountains? Oh, no, you could have picked anywhere. Uh Nebraska's flat. We've got hills. Yeah. Then all of a sudden the hills sound great. Yeah, that's But when true. you've just talked about mountains. You've started high. Hills sound like, I would, you know, I would rather have a piss. <laughs> a pity sing. A pissing. Pissing. <laughs> pissing down this mountain. Or hill. Pissing. Or hill. <laughs> so they're not very nice. I have to say grandma herself isn't great either. She makes some pretty racist remarks in the car. No, grandma. And, uh, yeah, it's Pretty grim stuff too. But the kids pass the time by reading comics, eating, and then eventually they get bored enough to play a classic car game, Guess the Shape of the Cloud. Ooh. When you see a cloud, see see if you see the same thing as me. And it says, John Wesley took the shape of a cow. And June Star guessed a cow and John Wesley said, no, it's an automobile. And June Star said he didn't play fair. And then they began to slap each other over grandma. <laughs> Over grandma. Yeah, so she's in the middle. So they're just oh, okay. bashing each Physically other. over her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I reckon uh, they chose the wrong game mm. and they should have been playing corners oh, the whole hey, time. Corners great. What about car that, cricket? That really would. Car cricket? <laughs> <laughs> the corners would crush grandma. Which is good though because grandma's racist. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> but she's also in prime position in the middle. She gets to do all the crushing and not so much of the being crushed. Oh, okay, middle yeah. spot's a good spot. That's true. I was um I, I visited Canberra recently and my uh, nieces live there. They're 12 years old. They're twins. And I was in the back seat of the car with them and suddenly they 
wanted to play corners and I was like, absolutely not. I was like, I'm an old lady. I was like, I'm not playing corners. But then I realised that that wasn't going to deter them. So I was like, if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> you and can't beat them, crush them. Absolutely. Like I went absolutely ham. Like just lost my mind and they're probably still in the car right now smeared against the window. Yeah. <laughs> they, like, they are now a schmear. They're a schmear. I absolutely got them. Like what I, a, I just yeah. saw red. What a lesson <laughs> they've learned. They've learned a huge, yeah, a don't massive come, lesson. Don't come for Kirsty. Don't come for Aunty Kirsty. She will smash you. <laughs> you get in the car, you're like, you want, you guys, you guys want to play another round of corners? No. Please, please no. No. <laughs> just for context as well, like they're 12, but. They're about the same height as me, so okay. I didn't have a massive physical advantage over them. Just like I, I don't want you to, you know, see these tiny small children. I was imagining a couple. It's of, experience. I was imagining a couple of preps. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> begging for their lives. <laughs> you wanted to play. <laughs> yeah, it was an experience advantage and just um, unbridled fury in the belly advantage. I would say. Mm. Yeah, anyway, I don't know what happened. I don't know what the result was because I blacked out. (laughs) (laughs) The mist descended. The same thing happened to the grandma. The mist came down and she went, oh, sorry, June bug. (laughs) June's crushed against the wood. June bug, June June puddle now. (laughs) June splat. June pity thing. (laughs) (laughs) The family stopped for lunch at a place called The Tower run by a man named Red Sammy. And his, his billboards line the highway and it says in capital letters, this is what they say, try Red Sammy's famous barbecue. None like famous Red Sammy's. Red Sam, the fat boy with a happy laugh, a veteran. Red Sammy's your man. Wow. And uh, the advertising obviously works because the family stops there for, lo- for lunch. It sounds absolutely frantic. Yes. Like Red Sammy sounds like he's got something to hide. Yeah. <laughs> saying, take this down. Yeah, he's this saying to his secretary, great. take yeah. this down. I've got an idea. Yeah. Red Sammy, definitely the best food in town. Red Sammy, nothing to nothing to hide here. Red Sammy, get in, nothing suspicious. Come on. <laughs> Don't look out the back. <laughs> Selma, no, no, I've never heard of it. <laughs> you said there were no good names in this episode. Oh, I forgot about Red Sammy. Red Sammy And Pity Singh. Pity Singh. I, I forgot well. about Pity <laughs> I was just thinking of uh, John Wesley and Grandma. They're the two that popped okay. into my head when you Yeah, asked. I thought Grandma's good as well. It paints <laughs> a real picture. Yeah. <laughs> the Grandma. What's, what's her story? <laughs> Where does she fit into the family? <laughs> <laughs> she got kids? <laughs> never know. Uh, little June asked for a... A song to be put on the jukebox so she can do a little tap dance routine for everyone. Oh, she sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Red Sam's wife leans over the counter and says, ain't she cute? Would you like to be my little girl? June Star says, no, I certainly wouldn't. I wouldn't live in a broken down place like this for a million bucks. A million million bucks. bucks. I actually, I'm quite fond of sassy June. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Like she's... Absolutely not putting up with anyone's bullshit. No, and I think Red Sammy's wife is too because she repeats, ain't she cute? (laughs) After she's just been had her ass handed to her. That's good. That's the only way you can reply. Isn't she a sweet old thing? She's like, hey, Red Sammy's wife, how about you die? What a little sweetheart. (laughs) Oh, you're adorable. (laughs) Isn't she funny? (laughs) Grandma starts making convo with Red Sammy and she's... Ask him, have you seen the misfit? The man who's broken out of jail and, you know, is all over the papers. And Red Sammy says, a good man is hard to find. Everything is getting terrible. I remember the day you could go off and leave your screen door unlatched. Not no more. Mm. So that's where the title comes from. 
Thanks, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Title alert. What what um, year was this? Uh, nineteen fifty. I believe it's set in uh, contemporary time of of writing, which is the fifties, fifty three. Right. Yeah. So that was when things started going awry. That's when you could no longer trust people. Because I've heard, I heard it happened at some point, so it happened in the fifties. There you go. Yeah, can't, that's right. Can't even, can't so even th- leave your door unlatched anymore. So before then's the good old days. Yes. Anything after that, <laughs> definitely not. The bad new days. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the bad new you days have been bad, around for a while now. Remember the bad new days of nineteen sixty one. The bad new days are like coming up to their. Wait, what's that word? Oh no! What? Centenary? Yes, centenary! I gotcha, I gotcha. Gee, that was snappy, Kirsty. Thanks for coming on the pod. <laughs> Dave will edit this down and make it sound good. No. Honestly, edit out most of it. Just, just say centenary, I'll get it nice and clear. Centenary. Perfect, we got it. <laughs> Never listen back. <laughs> <laughs> so the family hits the road once again. They'll leave behind uh, Red Sammy. And Grandma thinks she recognises the area as having a plantation that she visited as a child with a large, beautiful mansion. She wants to see it again but knows her son Bailey won't want to take a detour so she comes up with a little lie to get the children on board. She says, oh, yeah, there's a, you know, a mansion around here and then she says, quote, there was a secret panel in this house and the story went that all the family silver was hidden in it but never found. Ah. And the kids are like, we have to find this secret panel. And they start pestering their dad to drive there and the dad's like, absolutely not. But June starts to scream and uh, John kicks the back of his seat until his dad, Bailey, gives in. Is that the first you've mentioned the dad? I don't remember there being a dad. Do you remember at the start, the first line was, uh, Grandma didn't want to go to Florida. She she was begging her son, Bailey, to let her go to Tennessee. Oh, yes. So, yeah, dad. (laughs) So, yes, he was brought up. Straight away. But he hasn't really been mentioned much since then because he's just pretty quiet. He's like a, a, I imagine, like a quiet, angry dad who's just sitting in the driver's seat blocking out the whole family. Yeah, yeah. I'll turn this car around. Exactly. Keep it down back there. I'll turn this car around, you little (gasps) so-and-sos. But eventually. Language. But eventually. I'm so sorry. So-and-so. To all the so-and-sos listening, I apologize. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. This is, a, this is a safe space for so-and-sos, by the way. I just yeah. want people to know that Matt and I are so-and-so inclusive, mm. even though Dave made it sound like the podcast wasn't a safe space for so-and-sos. Oh, but I appreciate you being here because now we're two-thirds so-and-so positive, so <laughs> I think I'm on the right side of history here, even though these aren't the good old days. <laughs> the bad new days. Exactly. <laughs> Terrible. Also, by the way, Bailey, the father, shouldn't have rewarded bad behaviour by changing his mind about going to Absolute, the plantation. Absolutely. I think the kid kicks the chair so hard he says, all right, but never do that again. Oh, it's yeah. Like, that'll show up. Yep. Yeah, They'll never do yeah, it again. That, oh, yeah. You A get lesson has been way. learned here today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Good parenting. Yeah. I'm only given in this once and I get the feeling he's given in his whole mm. life. Yeah. I'll give in if you apologise for kicking. No, I won't. All right. Well, next time you'll apologise, though. Yeah. No. And all right. Don't think Well, I'm- let's leave it at that. Don't. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you think I've given in even though we're doing the thing you want to yeah. do now? No. I wanted to do it yeah. as well. I just changed my mind. It was a coincidence that yeah. I keep changing my mind to do what you want to do, but I wanted to do it first. I wanted to do it first. Good talk. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So Grandma tells them they've got to turn around and go down a dirt road, which Bailey, the dad, is not pleased about. But Grandma keeps directing. She says, just over here, just over here, just up these hills. I'm pretty sure it's on the right coming up. But then Grandma has a horrible thought. The thought is so embarrassing that she turns red in the face, her eyes dilate and her feet jump up, knocking her suitcase, which startles the cat who jumps. Pity sing. Pity sing. Pity sing. <laughs> I imagine starts pissing everyone. It's terrifying. Yeah, would it? It jumps onto Bailey, the driver, the this dad. This feels like a, she set off a Rube Goldberg. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's one thing <laughs> nudge the next. A lot of things have been set in motion by Grandma going, <gasps> she kicks the cat, basically jumps onto the driver and, quote, the children were thrown to the floor and their mother, clutching the baby, was thrown out the door onto the ground. Whoa. The old lady was thrown into the front seat. The car turned over once and landed right side up in a gulch which is, I've never heard that word before. I love it. I think it's a ditch off the side of the road. Bailey remained in the driver's seat with a cat grey striped with a broad white face and an orange nose clinging to his neck like a caterpillar. Wow. So they've had this horrific accident. So, wait, and this is because the grandma remembered something. Yeah, she's had a horrible thought. Any guesses on what grandma's realised? She's, she's like, thought? oh, this is the place where the misfit lives. We shouldn't go there because the misfit's there. It's his mansion. Okay, Kirsty, any <laughs> any any thoughts on what could have set off this horrible chain of events? Oh no! I to be honest with you, I got really hung up on Gulch. Mm. <laughs> it's so hard to not get hung up on, isn't it? I know. Like the whole time you were asking Matt what his theory was, I was just going Gulch, 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 Gulch over and over in my head. Yeah. Where ordinarily I would have been um, thinking about what my answer was about yeah. to be. <laughs> But the, so gulch. gulch. Oh, your answer gulch. is gulch. Yeah. I'm I, wondering uh, if maybe she, in, she realised that she'd forgotten about Kevin. <laughs> <gasps> Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> maybe gulch. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let me tell you that the horrible thought she had before the accident was that the house she had remembered so vividly was not in Georgia, but in Tennessee. Oh, okay. So That's not horrible enough to set to off that chain of events. It absolutely is not. No. Absolutely to, not. To throw the family into a gulch. Yeah, to throw, to throw the mum out the window, basically. Yeah, that's bananas. So Grandma, that, get your act together. Come on, it's not that bad. No. So they've been in this horrible car accident. Thankfully, in the scheme of things, the mother and the baby have been fl- flung from the car and the baby's got a scratch and the mum's got a suspected broken shoulder. In the scheme of things, they could have mm. been a lot more injured. Could have, but that's, that's pretty still bad in the middle of nowhere it's on bad. a dirt it's pretty road. Bad. In the fifties, yeah. like before doctors had been invented. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the doctors back then were leeches. <laughs> the good old days. Yeah. Doctor Leech. <laughs> and I'm thinking, how are the kids taking it? Well, quote it says, We've had an accident, the children screamed in a frenzy of delight. But nobody's killed, June Star said with disappointment as the grandma limped limped out of the car. What is wrong with that these children? Is pretty full on. Yeah. I reckon it's hectic. Yeah. Yeah. I'd think the misfit is the least of their concerns <laughs> at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out that, yeah, June is the misfit all along. <laughs> I reckon. Mm. Absolutely. In cahoots with John. Yes. Mm. Oh, like trench coat. 
on top of each other's shoulders sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's not a misfit. That's two children yeah, in no a trench coat. No one's ever seen coat. these two children and the misfit in the same place at the same time. Exactly. Now. I'm not sure if they could be on top of each other's shoulders actually now that I say it. <laughs> How do you think the, the mum broke their shoulder? There. Yeah, they're <laughs> on top of, yeah, they're just sort of rolling down the hill on top of each other's shoulders. <laughs> Everyone survived but they're sitting in a ditch or a gulch. A gulch. In the middle of nowhere, quote, the grandmother decided that she would not mention that the house was in Tennessee. Yeah, I think that's the best. So now she knows. Yeah, but she's like, I'm not going to bring it up. Yeah. yeah. I would be wondering, Grandma, why did you kick the cat into the into the driver? But no one says anything. But I, it's been the grandmother. You, I thought you said the mother at some point. It's the grandmother who sent was taking them to the mansion. She's the one that realised that the mansion isn't down this random dirt road. Yeah. What is she doing? <laughs> Grandma's absolutely off her tits. She's... <laughs> Cooked this whole trip. <laughs> I think that she's kind of like nervous because no one ever listens to her and then she's finally got them to do something and then she's like, oh, no, I'm so embarrassed. Right. It's not even down here. But do, she should. what she should be doing is just seeing the first mansion going, there it is. There it is. Let's there go, it is. Let's yeah, go check. No one knows what mansion yeah, it is no, anyway. No one knows grandma. She's worrying about the wrong things. Mm. She should be worrying more about her racist little mouth. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. Mm. But then... A- <laughs> A car passes and Grandma waves them down. It's carrying three men who get out and they all have guns. Oh, no, it's a misfit and his mates. Oh, we don't know that. <laughs> no, I, I've got a feeling in my waters. Okay. I've, got a, feeling, I've got a feeling in my gulch. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wondering where the gulch was. Oh, okay. The, Do you want some? I'm still wondering. This Grandma, she is... She's stuffing everything up. Yeah, every single move she makes yeah, she's is a disaster. Put a plan into action, and every time it's like, Grandma, just sit this one out. Sit in the gulch and shut the hell up. <laughs> she's a menace. Yeah, she really is. These three should be called the misfit and the menace. Yeah. <laughs> Grandma's the menace. I, I picture the end of this story being the misfits going, Oh, let's just leave us alone, Grandma. <laughs> yeah, Stop making suggestions. You're so bad. Your luck is so bad, please. Yeah. So the men, they get out, they've got guns. The men don't speak, but the driver, the older of the three men, who's completely shirtless, but wearing glasses, hot. Imagine that. Looks familiar to Grandma, like someone she knows but can't remember where from. Oh well, I guess that's probably not important. Anyway, the man comes down the bank Plot and twist. <laughs> Who's it Who could it possibly be? Who could it be? Red Sammy from the diner. Come back. She went to school with him. Yeah. It's some guy. Yeah, it's some guy. Trevor, is that you? <laughs> Yeah. I can recognise you without your shirt. Yeah, your when, famous Trevor shirt. When she was 14, she worked in the deli at Coles with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trevor. Trev. I didn't recognise you without your name badge that said, hi, I'm Trevor. Yeah. yeah. Gee, those things are useful. Do you recognise me without my name tag that says, hi, I'm Grandma? <laughs> no? It's me, Grandma. Grandma, Trevor says. We could write the end of this book. <laughs> the man comes down the bank and speaks to the family. He says, good afternoon. I see you all had you a little spill. Hmm. It turns out the three men had seen the accident happen from a distance and they've driven up to see what's going on. John Wesley, the annoying kid, asks why the men have guns and what they plan to do with them. The man with the glasses says kids make him nervous and asks their mother to gather, gather the kids up and all sit together. And just at that moment, quote, the grandma shrieked. She scrambled to her feet and at once stood staring, said, You're the misfit. I recognised you at once. Well, that's not true. It's not (laughs) true. She's lying. She's a liar. (laughs) No, you you had a little delay, Grandma. Yeah. She's also like, 
Hold that info back. Hold, shut the hell up. If it, they might want not want you to know that they're bad guys, and they won't behave in that manner if you don't give away that you know. Well, the yes. response from the misfit is yesum. The man said, smiling slightly, as if he were pleased in spite of himself to be known. But it would have been better for all of you, lady, if you hadn't have recognised me. See, Matt was right. You're right. Which is alarming to me that Matt knows so much <laughs> about the inner workings of the misfit. It was um, hmm. it was so good that the time I was right was caught on tape. Yeah, we've, we've got it. We've got it. <laughs> Misfit Stewart strikes again. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so Misfit confirmed. Everyone starts to freak out a little and Grandma says, you wouldn't shoot a lady, would you? His response is, I would hate to have to. Oh, oh Ooh, That's a good line. That's a, good that's line. a sick line. Look what you made me do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma says, listen, I know you're a good man. You don't look like you have common blood. I know you oh. must come from nice people. And the misfit says, yes, ma'am. Finest people in the world. God never made a finer woman than my mother and my dad's. My daddy's heart was pure gold. And Grandma says, you shouldn't call yourself the misfit because I know you're a good man at heart. I can just look at you and tell. Grandma. Grandma. Shh. She, she's trying to... Uh, sort of Reverse Ruin. psychology. Trying to yeah. butter him up a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm picturing her like fanning herself at the time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe doing that thing with her eyelids. Fluttering her eyelashes. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Yeah, really, her eyelids. Her lids. She's really getting her lids <laughs> to work her, up. Flapping her lids around. <laughs> you wouldn't hurt a little old lady, would you? Yeah, little old lady my, like my, me. My. <laughs> yeah, my big strong gentleman like you. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I'd hate to have to. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I reckon Grandma needs to stop talking. Yes, just just zip it up. <laughs> zip it up. One, zip it, one of the other men, whose name is Hiram, yells out that he's at the top of the ditch. He says, it will take half an hour to fix the crash car. And the misfit says to Bailey, the father, and John Wesley, the boy, he says, well, first you and Bobby Lee, get him point to them, and that little boy to step over yonder with you. The boys want to ask you something. So he says to the kid and the dad, just go off with this, my accomplice here. Is the grandma spoken for? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Putting a good word with grandma. (laughs) I've I've got a connection. I can feel something here. (laughs) So the, the, uh, the accomplice Hiram grabs Bailey, the dad, who is wearing a yellow shirt with blue parrots on it. Okay. Remember that? And he guides him and John Bailey, the son, into the woods over yonder. The misfit says, no, I ain't a good man. And then he apologises for being shirtless. He said he had to bury his clothes when they escaped the prison, that they're wearing clothes that they, quote, borrowed from other people they met along the way. But I guess they didn't have any shirts, so he's just (laughs) shirtless. Yeah, they borrowed the clothes off a lifeguard or something. <laughs> yeah, only from the pants only. <laughs> Grandma then asks if the misfit if he ever prays, and he says no. And then two gunshots are heard in the forest. Oh, Grandma. Grandma, oh, gosh. Like, now's not the time to talk about his religious habits. <laughs> Come on, Grandma. <laughs> Grandma's so chatty. I kind of respect it. Yeah, just, just keeps talking. No yeah, matter she's what. like, anyway, I'm so scared of that gun. What's your because <laughs> you strike me as an Aquarius. Yeah. <laughs> really? An earth sign? I never would have picked it. I never would have picked it. 
The misfit continues to calmly talk about his life. It's very sinister and I can imagine like Matthew McConaughey na- nailing the tension sort of whistling through his teeth as he's talking here. He says, uh, I never was a bad boy that I remember of, but sometimes somewhere along the line I'd done something wrong and got me sent to the penitentiary. I was buried alive. Turn to the right. It was a wall. Turn to the left. It was a wall. Looked up. It was a ceiling. Looked down. It was a floor. I was in a room. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I reckon he was in a room. (laughs) Look look in front. It was an audience. I was in a (laughs) theatre. Look behind me. There was a movie playing. Oh, no, it's a cinema and I'm in the way. (laughs) Down in front. Everyone's angry. (laughs) I got to get out of (laughs) here. He says he can't remember why he was put in jail. He was told it was, it was for killing his father, but he's like, I don't think I did that. The old lady says, if you would pray, Jesus would help you. That's right, the misfit replies. And she says, well, then why don't you pray? He says, I don't want no hep. As in help. I don't want no hep. I'm doing all right by myself. I like that. Turned his back on the big man. Doesn't need no help. Yeah. He seems to have it all together. Quite well. Mm. <laughs> no assistance necessary. Yeah. He's semi-nude. Yeah. So he's scantily clad, yeah, patrolling like, the countryside with guns in tow. He's like, don't I look like I know what I'm doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm perfectly capable, as yeah. demonstrated. No, I can't dress myself. Buttons are very difficult, okay? <laughs> well, speaking of which, at that moment, the Misfits accomplice Bobby Lee returns from the forest dragging a yellow shirt with blue parrots on it. He did steal it off a lifeguard. <laughs> <laughs> he throws it to the misfit who puts it on. Grandma thinks she recognises it but doesn't realise it belonged to her son Bailey. So Grandma's not really putting two and two together here. Mike, She's like, oh, I recognise that shirt. He just walked away. <laughs> there were gunshots. Brought the shirt back. I think maybe she's panicking a bit, you know. Right. Not thinking straight. The misfit then quietly asks the mother and June Star to go with Bobby Lee into the forest. They're pulled off into the woods. The mother seems in shock and offers no resistance. But June says, I don't want to hold hands with him. He reminds me of a pig. So little June Star is sassy right up until the end. (laughs) There's a few more pistol shots. And Grandma says, Jesus, you've got good blood. I know you wouldn't shoot a lady. I know you come from nice. Pray, Jesus, you ought not to shoot a lady. I'll give you all the money I've got. And the misfit says, lady, there never was a body that give the undertaker a tip. <laughs> yeah, it's such Ooh. a funny way to bargain. If you don't kill me, you can have my money. Or I could do both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. take both. She hasn't once said, oh, don't kill my family either. No. As they're getting taken out one by no. one. She's like, could I interest you in this small <laughs> child and small girl? Yeah. <laughs> You've got what you came for. You didn't come here for a grandma. <laughs> a lady grandma. <laughs> Of good blood. <laughs> and the misfit says, Jesus was the only one who ever could raise the dead. He says that if what Jesus did is true, then everyone must follow him. But if he didn't actually raise the dead, then all anyone can do is enjoy their time on earth by indulging in meanness. He says, there's no pleasure but meanness. He's like, I enjoy being a bad boy, doing bad, bad things. The grandmother urges the misfit to pray with her. She sees the man's twisted face close to her own, this is a quote from the book, as if he were going to cry and she murmured, why, you're one of my babies. You're one of my children. 
She reaches out to touch his shoulder, but the misfit springs back and like a snake has bitten him, he recoils and then shoots her three times in the chest. Wow. Brutal. The two other gunmen return from the forest and one of them, Bobby Lee, says, she was a talker, wasn't she? And the misfit replies, she would have been a good woman if it had been somebody there to shoot her every minute of her life. Um, oh. I don't know if you know how things work. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of bullets. Yeah, and then after the first one or first handful, yeah, you, she's you're dragging alive. her around? What's yeah. happening then? Yeah, it's very impractical. Yeah, yeah come on. I mean, are we talking about her being shot every minute of her life up until the, the oh, end yeah, of her life true. that she's led? So every minute or, of her life, I guess they're just—he's saying just kill her once. That's what he's done. Yeah, yeah a bit weird, this misfit guy. <laughs> this this mit fit, mis, mit mit mit, mit, mit. <laughs> you know <laughs> the mit mit gulch. His friends call him mit mit. So there's a pretty grim story you it's told very, us. Though. It's extremely grim. I came into the studio having had a lovely day, <laughs> a beautiful sunshine dead, outside. And now I'm so I've never been more upset in my life. Well, don't worry because the final line comes after this is the final line. Bobby Lee says some fun, and the misfit says shut up, Bobby Lee. It's no real pleasure in life. That's the end of the story. Yeah, right. There it is. A good man is hard to find. Would you agree? Um, I'm more do. with Fergal. Fergal Sharky. Fergal hard, Sharky. It's hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that story has absolutely demonstrated that a good man is hard to find. Mm, I don't think there was many good men in that book. There were. Yeah, no were one there? came out of it seeming too good. No, like Bailey was gormless. John was a petulant menace yeah. who was going to grow up to be a misfit himself. Misfit sucked, had two mates who sucked. I think there was only one Bobby Lee good, sucked. good character and that was Pisting. Pisting? Yeah, pisting. Did cause the accident. What about Red Sammy? Red Sammy. I can't say oh, a bad yeah, word Red, about Red Sammy. Red Sammy and Red Sammy's Come wife. On. Yeah, you're right. Come on down to Red Sammy's, the big big man with the with the red hair or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, everything's great at Red Sammy's. Don't ask any questions. Sit down and eat the delicious <laughs> food at Red Sammy's. Oh, okay, Red Sammy's hiding something. You're right. I don't know. But we've just inferred that. It wasn't actually. So exactly. I'd like to hold on to the fact that Red Sammy might be. Yeah. Everyone uh, else has demonstrated that they're definitely not good. Yeah, absolutely. But Red Sammy, Red Sammy, the best bloke in town. You heard it here first off Red Sammy himself. Best bloke. C- come and eat it, Red Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. Don't even worry about it. I'm Red Sammy. I'm the best bloke. <laughs> Did you enjoy reading this, Dave? How uh, short was it, by the way? It's I think about two questions. Uh, maybe twenty pages or so. Too many. And <laughs> so sorry, the story Matt, is, to derail you. Oh, these was, the story is this awful family goes on a road trip, go on a detour for a thing that wasn't really there, and then get murdered. Yeah, but it's, it's about the journey along the way. See, I liked Matt's retelling because that was a genuinely <laughs> short story. Yeah, it doesn't get much shorter. It was a journey along the way. So, mm. yeah. Also, I think it was a major plot flaw in having Pity Sing, like the granny launch Pity Sing at Bailey and then create, you know, this terrible chain of events that led to their murder. Mm. Like the gulch. I just <laughs> wanted to get you it to one more time. <laughs> But you mentioned, gulch, I hadn't thought example. about Pity Singh might be the only survivor of the family. They never mentioned what happened to Pity Singh. Also, yeah. did we know <gasps> what gender Pity Singh, what sex? 
I don't Pity think Pity Singh was, yeah. was pregnant. Maybe uh, as the years went by, her descendants ended up in the Otways. And that's who <laughs> Kirsty yeah. saw. Yeah. Anyway, tune into my podcast. You'll never believe yeah. this, but the available crimin- wherever you get your podcast. The criminal's like, oh, let this cat go, fend for itself, and it over the generations has become well, massive. I, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted Pity Thing to be a bloke, because then maybe it's the only good man in the story. Oh, oh it could yes. be. It absolutely could be. Yeah. Good man is hard to find, but a good good cat. Yeah, good cat man. They're everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere, pity thing. Oh yeah. Now a lot, of, a lot has been interpreted and written about the Catholic meaning at play here, because she was a very Catholic woman, very Catholic writer, Flannery O'Connor, and especially people have talked about grace and forgiveness being a real theme here. The grandmother appears to be willing to give the misfit at the end a bit of forgiveness when she says, "You're one of my own children." But it's also likely that she's just trying to save her own life, or understandably just panicking, or I thought maybe recognizing her, her son's shirt. Finally being like, hang on, isn't that my son's shirt? <laughs> yeah, and she yeah. reaches out for it. But um, some say that she believes in redemption, but the misfit clearly does not, even if he's sure if Christ is real. And that the final line about being a good woman, if someone was there to shoot her every day, it's the only when she's at the end of her life with a gun in her face that yes. she starts turning back to God and start being like, we've got to pray now, we've got to pray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, but a lot of people do that at the end of their life, don't, don't you know? Yeah. You're going down on a plane, you're like, oh, time to open up a channel with the big man just in case. That's just all you've case. got to do as well. Um, you just got to ask for forgiveness and mean it and then everything's forgiven, isn't it? That's uh, I don't know, mate. You're the one sitting here looking like Jesus. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's just Catholicism, but that's, yeah. That's, that's it a, is, it is because that's, oh, yeah, I was raised a Catholic uh, until I was 12. Uh, that was my hard cut-off line. Mm. Um, but, yeah, we used to go to confession all the time where you just say all the screwed up things that you'd done since your previous confession. It was a fresh start. And it was a fresh start. So then you could just go and wreak havoc on the neighbourhood again. <laughs> like, well, I've got a clean slate. All right. <laughs> it's time to smash some windows <laughs> and take some your hands together, dusting off. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to go. <laughs> Ready to go. My conscience is clear. It's Just like you've deleted a bunch of emails. You're like, look. Got a clean in- inbox. I can fill this up with junk again. Exactly. Sort of I'm trying to put it into terms that our listeners understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're in the digital age. The modern parlance. They won't understand. <laughs> they won't understand going to confession in a church, mm. but they get how inboxes work. Yeah, yeah. We've all got an inbox. <laughs> Some are larger than others, yeah. <laughs> but we accept everyone's inboxes. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think of this? Because I was looking into the meaning of it because I'm like, it's a very famous, quite an influential short story. So I'm looking on a, a few uh, reviews of it and a few a study guides. Study.com writes, the moral lesson of a good man is hard to find is that actions have consequences. The grandmother lies to her family continuously and unknowingly leads them into the path of the misfit. Her selfishness in wanting to see the plantation at the end leads to their senseless deaths. But I'm like, that seems a bit brutal. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't in- intentionally lying. She just sort of made a mistake about where the, where the mansion is located, had a bit of a panic, accidentally set off this chain of events. I don't feel like she deserved to be horribly murdered in a gulch. Yeah, not in the gulch. What do you think? The gulch was a bridge too far. I feel, that feels a bit much. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know, but also grandma wasn't a nice person. No, not a nice person. Yeah, no, I, mean, I mean, I'm not saying that she deserved to die. No, but and you're absolutely right. When one of you pointed out, I can't remember who said it, like that she's she never makes any case for her family. Yeah, to be like, whoa, 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 whoa to, yeah. to protect them or anything. I, she does very much. I think she. I read between the lines that she actually used June and John as a human shield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, can you just stand here? And yeah. can you stand here? Yeah, come closer, Jim. But unfortunately, she ran out of human shields as they took them down one by one. <laughs> like, oh, guess I'll have to be my own one now. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'll have to try and pray here. Oh, no, Grandma, you got it all wrong. So, yeah, pretty pretty grim story. I liked the, uh, the scene... When the misfits sort of like calmly but very menacingly talking about how, oh, no, I ain't no good person. Mm. Like yeah. it's, I can see that in my mind in like a movie or something. And yeah, it's I very, can see that. Very intense because you know something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Like the calm psychopath in a in a movie. Yeah, to- the calmer they are, the more terrifying. Yeah, you're like, right? oh, wow, something, something bad's going to happen here. Yeah. And and it did. And it did. It did. Yeah. Who are your favourite characters, just quickly? I'd say Pity Singh. Yeah. Yeah, Pity Singh. Yeah. I would say the Gulch. The Gulch. <laughs> yeah, no, good point. I'd say probably Georgia, the hills. <laughs> well, why go to the hills when Tennessee has the mountains? Oh, true. But we're already here at the hills. Yeah, may as well. <laughs> may as well. So we always end the episode by giving it a score out of five, as you've heard it here today, whether you liked it, loved it, or it was nothing to you. What do you, what, how, do you how do you feel about a good man is hard to find, Kirsty? I'll give it a four. Give it a four, solid four? Yeah, because I was interested. You know, that's the thing. I find it found it interesting because I'm thinking, where is this going? And, it, and by the end, you go, okay, it went <laughs> a really grim place. But the whole time, you're thinking, what's happening here? Yeah, and at least it went somewhere. Like it wasn't, you know, just it didn't just like peter out, peter out, it didn't and then pity sing out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. it built to a crescendo, Absolutely. and I respect that. But I was interested. I think. Also, your chipper approach to it did some heavy lifting, Dave. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, definitely. I, I reckon a four. I, I wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm on this episode. Though <laughs> 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 so I think Matt maybe was a bit more like that, a bit grim for you, I was sensing. No, I was, just, I was a bit dull, I think. But Okay, right. <laughs> and then, yeah, just it's sort of it, what, what was going to happen happened. There was no... I mean, I've been spoiled by M. Night Shyamalan probably. Oh, you wanted a real <laughs> twist. The, the, uh, I don't think I've ever seen one of his movies. but <laughs> The misfit pulls off their face and it's Red Samuel along or something. Yeah, yeah. You've been spoiled by the idea of M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> like I've never seen anything that he's done but I'm aware of him. <laughs> and that's I've, heard, I've heard about The Sixth Sense. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, it was, it was fine. But, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Didn't really have enjoyed all that much, but um, yeah, like a two point eight. A two point eight, very specific. It's okay, so specific. I, respe- I respect it. To I was going to say they- two and a half, but that's fifty percent. It seems like it's better than that. Two point eight, so three felt funny. too generous. I want to know how they lost the two point two points. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a fall from grace. <laughs> yeah. I I'm not sure I was getting it on the Catholic level. Don't know about you guys. But, um, um. Yeah. No. Nah. But as, like I said, as the misfit sinisterly spoke to the grandma, I was I was gripped. So I'm going to give it a four out of five. That's a, a good four score. Out of five. Great. I enjoyed it. And I've been wanting to do Flannery O'Connor on the show for a while. There's a couple of novels, but like this is the most fam- one of her most famous stories. And, uh, yeah. She, so, she coined a, a phrase anyway, at the very least. And, yeah, and I promised you something grotesque, macabre, or fantastical. And, uh, well, the third one delivered. didn't maybe quite get there, but yeah. yeah. You delivered mostly, and it's got 10.8 points out of 15. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. a pretty good score. I reckon it's pretty good. Yeah. Mm. I think Flannery would be stoked. I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> Should we let her know? Yeah, yeah, if you're listening, Flannery. <laughs> <laughs> let us know. Let us know. But that's the end of the uh, first episode back of Book Cheat. Thank you so much for joining me. really appreciate you coming along. 
Pleasure, mate. Chatting Thanks a bit of flan. And uh, Kelsey, if you want to check out your new podcast one more time, what's it called and where are we, where are we finding it? You'll never believe this, but with Kirsty Webeck and Cal Wilson, it is wherever you get your podcast from and you can give me a follow on social media at Kirsty Webeck on every platform. Beautiful. And, Matt, you and I are coming up to Brisbane real soon. Yes, doing two, uh, stand-up on Saturday Sunday night, second and third, and in the afternoons we're doing each other's podcasts. That's right, Tutting Saturday. Matt Stewart on the Saturday, Perfect. which we're about to record an episode with Tom Cashman, which will be coming out this week as well, um, which I imagine is going to be a lot of fun. Was last week was the 50th episode. That's right. And... Um, yeah, so I mean, the live one might be 52. I think, yeah, yeah, the live wow. one might be 52. Come down for the first birthday. Of who knew it on the Saturday afternoon? 53, much like the year Flannery was born. Hey. Wow. Mm. We have learned something here today. You've retained something. <laughs> I appreciate that. And then on the Sunday, you can check out uh, Book Cheat Live, also a good chat comedy club, and then afterwards... We'll be doing the stand-up show again. Maybe not the year she was born. Maybe the year this book was out. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I was it was a, say, wasn't it set in the fifties? Yeah, 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 sorry, was born. it was published in nineteen fifty-three. She was a toddler author. Nineteen fifty-three, <laughs> published. She wrote yes. a book as a newborn baby. This That's book actually was incredible. Born. Yeah. That's why it's so famous. <laughs> yeah, she was zero. <laughs> You're like Matt's going. Oh, this story's a bit. Nothing happened. A baby wrote it. Okay, yeah, she came out of the womb with a quill <laughs> yeah. and a piece of parchment. That's incredible. <laughs> it just it did feel like a story that was. I don't know. Sometimes I'll. I'm like, I get that this is good. Smart, real smart people probably love it. I just don't get it. It's fine. Things happened. <laughs> <laughs> It ended with them getting murdered. <laughs> that sort of, I just feel like it's, if you're going to murder a whole family, I shouldn't be yawning through it. <laughs> oh, just murder the family. You want to be entertained while a whole family yeah. is annihilated. Come on. Make it a bit yeah. of fun along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's have fun with it. I get it. Let's go for one more. <laughs> I think we've got it. Let's go for one more take. You're killing the family. Let's <laughs> have a little fun with it. <laughs> So, yeah, check out dogoonpod.com for tickets to the shows at Good Chat Comedy Club. But until then, I'll say thank you so much for listening. As we always say here at the end of Book Cheat, it's books Books forever! forever. (laughs) Yeah! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 